which is this house would establish trans only prisons. And before we get started this evening, um, we shall read the minutes from last week's debate, which is this house would have the right to bear arms. Okay, so lovely, sorry, writers. The 9th Ordinary Meeting of the Literary and Scientific Society took place on the 11th of February and was attended by 55 members. President Senate began proceedings by announcing that it was indeed our birthday. There was cake and alcohol and puppies and kittens, and it's just lovely, really. Honorary Life Member Mr. Calvin Black then put forward his amendment to the Constitution for the creation of a new council position for next year, that of Technology Officer. The duties, uh, the, their duties would include recording, editing and publishing of debates and ensuring the general digital documentation of our society. With a frantically ludicrous amount of preamble, which I forewent for your listening pleasure, Mr. Calvin Black's amendment was passed by the House. Bizarre. <laughs> Proud member's business was heard from external convener, Mr. Ben Murphy, who put forward the motion this House would sack Jeremy Hunt. The motion was seconded, going unquestioned, before the House voted with six abstentions, 17 ayes, and zero nays. <laughs> Mr. Graham Alexander then put forward the motion this House would behead Jeremy Hunt. <laughs> The motion was seconded, however, Mr. Alexander retracted his motion upon hearing Mr. Finley's suggestion that it could be considered a <clears throat> crime. <laughs> Ms. Sophie Stratford then put forward the motion, this house is excited about gravitational waves in black holes. And despite Mr. Finley's intervention that it was less exciting and more terrifying, the motion was passed with 21 to 4 and 6 abstentions. <laughs> a resounding period. <laughs> President's questions then were then heard from Mr. Andrew Hanneman and Mr. James McNally, who both, uh, who both asked Miss Senate if we could continue the debate and start early. So we did. President Senate announced the evening's motion that this House would have the right to bear arms in the UK. Opening for the proposition was former literific treasurer Mr. Harry Adair, who began by stating that he was presenting the only practical case with regards to the rights of the UK to be, the rights of the UK citizen to bear arms. He claimed that owning a firearm was a basic human right and that it could be used to fend off those who violate security measures, as every citizen has a right to life, identity, and security in person. He concluded by stating that we need to ensure that there are realistic means in which to apply these rights, and that as members of the public, we should have the ability to hold the government to account. Opening the opposition with Mr. Richard Gallagher, who revealed the assertion that security and protection is the, 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 the assertion of security and protection that was peddled by the proposition claiming that it is statistically proven that individuals are more likely to use a gun for harm than self-defense. He asked the House to compare two specific cases. On the 14th of December 2012, a Chinese man named Min Yongjun stabbed 23 children in Champagne Village Primary School. There were no fatalities. On the same day, Adam Lanza walked into Sandy Hook Elementary School and shot 29 people. 27 of those died. He concluded that since the Dunblane Massacre, there has been a 53% reduction in gun crime in this country and asked the House why on earth would ever want to go back to the way it was before. Second proposition speaks with Mr. Owen Rice, who stated that just because guns are dangerous doesn't mean that they should be banned, informing the House that we may as well ban cars under the same logic. He claimed that the opposition was emotional and not rational, and reminded the House that God created men and Samuel Colt made them all equal. He concluded by saying the most vulnerable people in, the so in society, such as the elderly, would finally, would finally be able to feel secure in their own homes. Speaking next to the opposition was Mr. Andrew Hanneman, who brilliantly condensed his side's argument by saying that we do indeed live in a society where we don't have to worry about being shot on a daily basis. He also kindly condensed the entire proposition argument into one word, murder. He claimed that he, he already felt protected from any malicious or evil presence in this country, not least the British Conservative Party, his words, not mine, and that introducing guns would only increase public fear. 
He concluded with the frankly unrepeatable allusion to an armed Michael Jackson appearing in your child's bedroom. <laughs> you can fill in the gaps yourself. <clears throat> the first big proposition was Mr. Stefan Ivanitsky, who claimed that opposition was peddling a lie and that they likely been playing too much GTA 5. He claimed that a ban on a handgun would stop victims being stabbed or beaten. Would stop victims being stabbed. Wouldn't stop victims being stabbed or beaten, and that over one million crimes in America were stopped last year alone by the use of firearms. He claimed that eventually it would be impossible to avoid citizens having guns due to the advancement in 3D printing, and that under EU laws may already we may already legally purchase rifles from pre-1870. Responding to this on the opposition was main speaker Mr. Jason Butling. He claimed that the fact that massacres have become almost expected in 2016 shows an acute failure in how guns are distributed in many countries. He asserted that guns kill 33,000 citizens each year and that a failure to implement proper gun control has torn apart the American political system. He concluded by reminding the House that these aren't Cromwellian times and that we need not for militia nor the violent rhetoric backed by the proposition. Included for the proposition was Mr. Finbar Rogers. He began by putting forward that the UK is not the US, insofar as our general populace doesn't believe tyranny is waiting to grab us every time we go out to take the bins. <laughs> it was at this point that, for no real discernible reason, Mr. Rogers hailed the fact that there is almost no history of gun crimes in the UK, while also commenting that we need more guns. I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember commenting that we need more guns. You did. But as the opposite Concluding the opposition and so the debate was Mr. Jamie Nuller, who said that he wholeheartedly agreed with Mr. Finbar Rogers. He began by asserting that the primary goal of the state was to ensure the life and health of the society at large. In line with this, the only policies that we should enact as a nation should never detract from the right to life. Adding to Mr. Gallagher's allusion to the Sandy Hook shooting, Mr. Muller pointed out that Adam Lanza fired 155 rounds in under five minutes. This means he had time to reload. Such massacres simply wouldn't be possible without access to these dangerous firearms. He concluded by responding to the proposition's initial accusation that the opposition argument was emotional. It's not emotional, he claimed, it's sense. Questions from the floor were heard from Mr. Ben Murphy, Mr. Johnny Finlay, Mr. Jamie Cargill, Ms. Gemma Cannon, and Mr. Owen Mulholland. A vote based on House opinion was taken, which read four ayes, 34 nays, and seven abstentions, while a final casting vote was taken based on speaker's performance, which read three a, three ayes, 19 nays, and six abstentions. May I take the notes as read? open for Ivy, uh, Ivy teams at the minute. I have two teams that say they're 90%, which to be honest with isn't really good enough. But, um, uh, I'd just like to emphasize that it's a really fantastic opportunity. You know, um, if you've never spoken to Ivy before, it's, uh, you get the motions 15 minutes before you make the speech. 
and it's, it's not pretty that much bad. It's easy. <laughs> Everybody gets 15 minutes in, prepare for the debate, and then they speak. Uh, you don't even have to leave Belfast, so there's no travel costs, there's no expenses at all. You don't even. I won't even have any reg fees for teams from Belfast that want to come along. Uh, you'll get pizza at the end of the night. You'll get a voucher for a uh, drink in the SE afterwards, so you can avail of the three for five points offered for absolutely nothing. Uh, and you get judged and feedback by some of the best judges uh, this side of Europe. So, uh, by all means, it's a really good opportunity to get any experience with uh, IVs. It's a really good op uh, opportunity to improve your speaking abilities and get some really good feedback. So, if you want uh, to sign up for a team, by all means, uh, contact me on Facebook or something like that. Thank you very much. Um, just a wee quick addition to that, um, volunteers as well would also be great. Um, so if you don't really want to speak, if you want to see what the idea is about, and you can come along and sort of help just you know, run scores from the tab room or to the tab room from the um, speaking venues, that would, be, that would be great. So uh, if you'd like to get along or get involved, speak with Ben, who's just spoke there. And um, next is our AGM, uh, which I'm supposed to mention, which is the 15th, I believe, 15th of March. So if you would like to run for any of our council positions, which are president, secretary, um, external, internal, who else is here? Bear of the Ashtray. Pardon? Bear of the presidential Ashtray. Not an official council position. We used to have a, a position on council, um, I think it was like until the 60s, which was the, bear, the official bear of the presidential Ashtray. Um, but they've since banned smoking indoors, so there's no point. Um, <coughs> And our open rep as well. So if you'd like to speak, if you'd like to um, run for any of the council positions, please do speak to some of our council and they'll tell you what a bit more what's going on and they'll sort of try and bully into it. Uh, but it is really fun and it is it's a really good opportunity and I don't want to say the whole like buzzword C V thing, but it is really fantastic for your buzzword C V. So um, yeah, just get in touch. And if you would if you already know what you would like to uh, run for, please send an email to president at literific.org or get in touch with us on Facebook. So that'd be good. And next we move on to private members business. So this is the chance of the evening um, where we can have sort of mini debate, um, anything in the news that you find interesting, any questions to council? I have a motion for an amendment to the constitution. Uh, in these uh, nanny state times, uh, we are sorely lacking in the, the role of uh, keeper of the presidential mm -hmm. last right. I propose we create the role of keeper of the presidential e-cigarette. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Things a bit controversial, I think. Um, I believe that I think we did discuss we did discuss having a buried president Ashtray, but it was vetoed that we shouldn't encourage smoking. I think that was the reason. So, but anyway, to second the motion for buried presidential e-cigarette. Yes. <laughs> 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 anyone got a got an actual point on that motion? <laughs> yes. Do you smoke? I don't. Well then. <laughs> Just the, the AGM, 15th March, any smokers are welcome to come and uh, try to implement the position of bearer of the presidential e-cigarette. Um, yes, James? Uh, a question. Yes, James. Uh, this, uh, this motion, in any chance, uh, related to be much gossip to rumours of your own soon-to-be presidential run. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for insinuating that the president's uh, are inherently good. Um, 
see about the history. Uh, okay, I, I don't think anybody seconded that motion. I don't think anybody wants to second that motion. Is that true? Uh, so your motion is quashed. <laughs> Would anyone else have any options for private members? Yes. Just a brief thing. Uh, I've been informed that we, uh, our former treasurer Harry Adair, is listening from Italy. Uh, could we all say hello? Would that be any? Hi, Harry. Hello. 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 Okay, anyone else? <laughs> <laughs> Italy! Italy! We're here in the family's living room. Isn't that amazing? Nobody else in this. No. no. Fucking show off. <laughs> okay, uh, is there any other topics for private members' business before I move on to one very brief one from our internal convener from about a year ago? Um, okay, so for those of you who don't know, um, myself and the internal convener, Owen, who's at the back, uh, Owen has a lovely blog. Um, <laughs> Owen, um, his face says it all. Owen um, aspires to be the, the most famous dyslexic blogger in the world. Um, and I would just like to settle a debate. I think the topic is racism, but I think the debate centres on whether we can indeed be racist towards animals. Okay? Now, it's, it's, it's a question that is featured on Reddit a few times. Yes. Well, no, I agree with that because if you've ever, if you've ever seen like, the dogs that they use for the canine division, they're always. Like one colour you're all always like. Can I briefly just read a short section? Okay, I'm just gonna briefly read a short section of our Intercomputer blog, which does not represent any views of the director of this poll, but it is interesting. Let's be real to one to wordpress.com uh, if you would like to have a look. So, I have come to the conclusion that yes, we can in fact race us to animals. Like, let's be real, we are the human race, so there's like the cat race or the chicken race. Is stealing a chicken's eggs racist? If so, then I am a racist in that sense. Like all other species, which has an A in it, sorry, like all other species, our minorities to us, and we have over animal, like we have trained dogs to live with us or trained seeds to do tricks. So basically everyone is a racist. I'm right, am I not? <laughs> I just wanted to know your thoughts, because it's been a debate that's happened frequently. <laughs> Go ahead, Rosie. Don't underestimate my entire like, complete contempt for that. But, I mean, black cats do struggle to get adopted from the RSPCA. Like, they're less photogenic, so they're not adopted as much. People think they're unlucky, so I suppose it has some standing. Should I have another? Interesting? Yes, probably. Can I ask the intro if he believes that animals can be racist within their species? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> also the point, and I don't wish to be too contentious, um, that some animals are um, people within certain faiths as well. Okay. To be consumed or... Okay. Are you suggesting a please. <laughs> it's, the t it's the talking in the back of the door. Yeah. Oh, like unsolicited or something. Um, yeah, any other comments on that? Or should we briefly move on? That was, yeah, no problem. Uh, okay, so we'll move on to the President's question. So we've got a question for the President, which is me. For a while, for like a month. Yes? How did you think the letter of first foray of the world radio went? 
in the middle. Oh yeah, okay. So for those of you who weren't listening, um, I believe it was Club New Socks Day, I think. Uh, the Literific, which, um, well, the representatives of the Literific, which were me, Jason Gnatty, Robbie, Lily, famous. Um, we were on. Sorry, Ben and Lily and Calvin, there, there was a whole list. Um, <laughs> so we were on Queen's Radio the other day at half three, I think, three o'clock. Um, and I think, yeah, I think it went rather well. Um, I think we're sort of cons- we're considering um, Literific's bit on the side or some sort of variation of. I don't know, little, little brother or something um, on Queen's Radio. So uh, whenever we get that up and running, it'd be cool to have some people um, be guests on our mini show. So yeah, that was good. <laughs> Any other questions or can we move on to the debate? Yes, yes. please. Yes, grand. You want to move on, no way. Um, okay, so this week's debate is this house would establish trans-living prisons. Um, quickly go over the rules. Um, seven minutes speeches, each of the four speakers. Uh, first minute, First minute, you can't ask any questions. In the middle five minutes, you can. If you would like to ask questions during the speech, please be brief. Um, stand up and say, other points are other point, ma'am. And um, if it's up to the speaker whether they can accept or reject your point. So if they sort of say, no, thank you, just sit down, like, and ask that. Um, please try to keep questions sort of separated. So don't ask them one after each other. Don't ask them repeated or after someone else has just asked one, or you'll hear shoutings of new barking from me and everyone else in the room. Um, and. I think that's, that's about it. Um, I'd just like to sort of background noise while people are speaking, um, just sort of try to keep the noise down because it is sort of distracting for them, me and the radio. So um, on that, I think that's about it. We'll have questions and answers at the end. I would like to welcome our first speaker this evening, Ms. Jenna Cannon. the unprepared nature of the speech. I was napping 10 minutes before the debate. Um, so my job is to start off with defining the motion. So what we're looking at here is this house would create trans-only prisons. What we on the proposition are saying is that the status quo, the current status quo, which involves men going to female prisons and women going to male prisons, is just not only um, not inclusive, but it's harmful. People have died, People have experienced transphobic comments, transphobic abuse, and this is not a system that we should be allowing in our modern 21st century society. So, we on the proposition believe that the aim of prison is to rehabilitate, it is not to necessarily punish people, people do not deserve to experience abuse in prison just because they have um, committed a crime outside of that area. Um, So, our establishment of trans-only prisons would um, include literally what it says on the tin. Women would go to female prisons and men would go to male prisons. Um, However, this could be seen by some as not necessarily economically viable. There is Obviously, a transgender population in the UK, but it's not necessarily large enough to warrant its own prisons. And therefore, what we would advise would be that transgender wings were created within the prisons of their current gender. Um, this is the, the idea of this is to avoid isolating people. We have absolutely no 
um, no need to isolate women from women. However, um, this is to avoid any violence that might happen between um, women and women and also to provide extra support for trans people in prisons, um, extra counselling and to also help create a safe space. On that point, one. Go on. What if there's only one trans person in a prison? What do you do then there? Yeah, very good point. Um, so what we'd do then is um, it's very unlikely that there would just be one trans person in a, an entire area, an entire prison catchment zone, if you will. Um, <laughs> not that this is high school. Um, so what we would do would be that we would create a um, trans-only wing in, say, the largest prison in that catchment area, um, near enough so that people's family could visit them and that they wouldn't be disconnected from their previous life but so that they are able to connect and have the support that they need within the prison system. Um, no, thank you. Um, so, the main aim of this is to avoid violence. What we've seen in the current system is that there has been violence of men towards women and women towards men. Um, this is on a transgender basis and on the basis of people's gender that they perceive themselves as, therefore the gender that they are. Um, and so I think it's kind of obvious to everybody that this is something that needs to be dealt with and unfortunately just because women are in a prison together or men are in a prison together this violence does not go away um, we need to offer extra protection for the minorities in our society and extra support and extra help because it is completely unfair to shove someone into a prison without any thought for their well-being or safety. And this also relates really well to the idea of creating safe spaces. So we talk about creating safe spaces within our universities, in our schools, and within our society in general. Um, the idea of this is to give extra support, give extra help, and there is absolutely no, no reason that, would, that we would not do this within our prison system. Um, okay. Okay. Any questions? Yes. Cool. Is the intention of putting them into separate wings really um, meant to separate them from the rest of the prison? Um, no, absolutely not. So the idea here is that we're not completely separating. The idea is not to isolate anybody. Um, the idea is simply to allow people to have the option of extra support, extra guidance, extra help, if that's what they need and if that's what they require. It's not to separate them from the rest of the prison population, it's not to take away any need to have human contact. That's not the point of this. The point of this is to offer extra support and to give people the help that they need within the prison system and to allow all people within our society to be treated equally and fairly. Um, right, so just to sum up, um, the current system is not what we're looking for, it's not safe, it's not helpful, it doesn't help to rehabilitate, it just makes people scared, it makes people be treated unfairly and it allows for transphobic um, 
abuse and violence. Um, the creation of trans-only wings in prisons will allow people to stay close to their families. It will allow for support, guidance, counselling and extra help. And it will avoid that violence and it will help to move us on to a safer society within our prison system. Thank you. In 1952, Christian Jorgensen returned home to the Bronx from America, the first woman to become well known for sex reassignment surgery. In a letter to friends at the time, she reflected, remember how shy and miserable a person I was when I left America? Well, that person is no more, and as you can see, I'm in marvelous spirits. Despite the great success of, this, of these liberal values, the move was met with much adversity, and Jorgensen spent most of the rest of her life fighting for her rights. In the 64 years that have passed since this, event, since, since this event, much has changed. We now live in a world where blacks and whites are considered equal. Gays have become a new kind of culturally privileged class, where anyone who's cool owns a butt plug. Women, women are at least ostensibly to equal workers' rights, and where it is completely acceptable to be single, live alone, and own five cats at equal. It may be a surprise then to learn that gender-variant people still face huge challenges to the most basic rights, having mined the depths of human discrimination. Liberals on all sides are faced with the zenith of what can be termed acceptable in an uninformed and uncaring society. Against this backdrop, trans prisoners, a minority within a minority, face the most harrowing circumstances. On the 13th of November last year, 21-year-old um, Vicky Thompson was found dead in her cell from suicide. In an alarming deja vu in December, Joanne Latham was found similar circumstances. And the reason for this is because they were in the wrong prison. Tonight, the proposition suggests that the remedy is to create a new facility exclusively for trans prisoners of both sexes. <clears throat> now, I commend them for this well-intentioned intervention, but I must urge the House that this is short-sighted, unnecessary and possibly even disastrous solution to a complex, sensitive issue that has resonance with other vital issues. Now there are, there are two main dilemmas this proposal is attempting to remedy. And I'm going to summarise the, the first two, explain what is wrong with them and then list some other um, problems. Um, the first is that trans, prisoner, trans prisoners who don't have a gender recognition certificate are sent to the prison of their birth gender most of the time. Mm -hmm. And the, the second is the greater risk of trans prisoners face of abuse. I'm going to explain why the proposal is a tangential solution, either unnecessary or useless to resolving these two problems, and then I'm going to give you a list of new issues that we'll create. The first problem is related to a broader legal issue and can be seen as the next development in trans rights progress. Acquiring a gender recognition certificate is an arduous bureaucratic process that is receiving criticism from many fronts. There is, however, considerable pressure being applied to this. It is therefore easily conceivable that soon trans prisoners will be appropriately housed 100% of the time. 
In fact, it already happens in Scotland with their progressive system where human rights is allowed to trump gender re reassignment, the Gender Reassignment Act. This anticipated progress resolves the issues prime face of why there were two suicides last year. With this progress, which is likely alone, we've already resolved a lot of the problem of, this, of this, these tragic circumstances. In terms of the second problem, vulnerable people in prison is not a new thing. It has long been accepted that LGBT, LGBT prisoners are at an increased risk of abuse, and it has long been the job of the prison service to manage this risk. What we should do is frame the problem in its broader context. Last year alone there were 30,000 cases of self-harm and nearly 19,000 cases of assault in UK prisons. There have been no cases reported which that this was trans-related, although that is because we are doing a poor job of keeping records of trans inmates. The point to take away is that this is an institutional problem. Indeed, Robinson, a criminal law researcher, says of segregation proposals like the one being proposed tonight, that by designating just a sliver of its population as vulnerable, the jail may seek to absolve its constitutional responsibility, this is an American context, to protect all people in its custody by removing transgender in inmates but not attending to the hegemonic masculine norms, this jail simply shifts victimization. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not a solution. This is a way for the prison service to absolve itself of real deep reforms. That is the first two problems dealt with, and now I will list some additional problems that arise from this new unit. The most important, gender variant people facing distress is not new. In fact, the primary source of their distress is their gender incongruence. And it's resolving this that should be the focus. Already the prison service for financial, and it can be argued ideological reasons, limits trans access to medical treatment um, and legal um, treatment. Correct policies are not followed. Psychologists are coerced, to, to be, uh, coerced into negative prescriptions. An approach known as freeze framing is widely used, where the person's transition is frozen from the time they enter the jail until they are allowed to leave. Um, with funds being directed to a new facility, this will only get worse. Even more pertinent, a prerequisite for both medical and legal transition is that a person must show continued success in living in society in their acquired gender for one to two years. A trans-exclusive environment is not society. This tactless idea is playing right into the hands of those who wish to curl trans rights and is giving authorities even more absolution to their ethical responsibilities. None of this has mentioned those gender variant individuals who want to live in society. What are those amazing people who have overcome adversity, live successful, full lives, and want to continue that life, even if it means in jail? At least it's a regular jail. Um, are we just to send them into some new unit and tell them that they are vulnerable and that um, this is where they must exist? What about all the people whose minds have been changed by befriending fellow trans prisoners? History teaches us that these understated forces are what, of relationships on the ground level are what really makes change. Are we simply going to segregate and obstruct cross-pollination of better attitudes? Also, on the first props point, can I just conclude, being with the first props point, research by Her Majesty's Inspector has concluded that there are good prisons for transgender people and bad prisons for transgender people. We need more good ones not new segregated ones. 
The motion is a mistake of short-sighted activism and will go down in history as an aberration of tree challenge reform and reform more broadly where the problem is controlled and not dealt with. Thank you. Mr. Finbar Rogers. Firstly, Miss Cannon, I went to a Catholic school and I can tell you it was very much like prison. <laughs> I spent a lot of time trying to go to Buggery there too. <laughs> Secondly, Mr. Dunn, thank you very much. Thank you for informing the House that transgender people are often discriminated against. I'm sure, like me, most people here live in caves because it's the cheapest accommodation you can afford in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> and so your wake up call was wonderful. That was a great help. <laughs> As I think's been alluded to, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's but I think most prisons are already segregated on the basis of gender, apart from one in Peterborough, but no one lives there. Um, and I can't in in the last few years remember any serious debate anyone calling for mixed gender presence. So it seems we're all pretty much either committed or resigned to the status quo. Uh, and also in connection with that, it seems we're all pretty much on board with the idea that gender is a fluid thing and gender identities are a personal decision. And to try and impose that on someone else carries about as much water as a forest fire. Um, so it seems a logical expansion of the status quo that there should be, not radical, not progressive, but logical, that there should be a wing of, of a prison, at least to be economical, or um, smaller prisons are better at curbing violence, so um, a, separate, a separate prison altogether for transgender people. And also, as uh, you sort of alluded to as well, that uh, no one's really mentioned uh, people who don't assign to any gender at all. So surely there should be one for them where they can live um, in, in, in part of a community, but not to have to be live there is being questioned or being met with violence. Um, of course, it would be preferable if there was no need for segregation um, at all. If discrimin discrimination or violence in whatever form it might take could be eradicated from society, but that would, to use a popular phrase, require such a cultural shift, <laughs> which will not, which is not going to be achieved through the introduction of a white paper. You seem to be skipping off, to some extent, into Jeremy Corbyn's mind. A, a beautiful land full of wonder and, and uh, mystical <coughs> quantities, uh, where there is no such thing as hatred and everyone can love each other and understand each other and learn from each other. Only but that is something that happens with time and through education. In the meantime, there is a massive problem with presence. They are small pockets of violence, and there is something that can be done from that. But there are a lot of reforms that are needed in the present service and the criminal justice system as a whole. But, sure, but surely our first step it should be practical solutions, small practical solutions, and the first of those should be merely getting people out of harm's way in a better way than merely putting them under an arm, uh, a guard uh, day and night and keeping them in solitary confinement, which is often uh, the case with trans people in prison. And surely that is far more harmful. Um, uh, 
and to also punish the victim in the greatest possible way. Uh, and once again, this, this notion is nothing new, it's not radical, because there is more than enough precedent for it to pass. No fact. Um, uh, there is, we have uh, the, the phenomenon of safe places in various in public zones for people of various sexual orientations, genders, or even race, uh, where they can go and uh, meet people of their community and have a nice, safe chat. Um, well, come on then. Safe spaces for people to um, meet people of similar um, mindset or whatnot, but that is different from a lived experience where this space is where it's 24 7. So, what do you want prisoners to be let out into the open? They have to. They do have. They have to be there anyway because they are prisoners. We're talking about. Um, uh, you had a point there. I forget her name. Carol. Carol. Hello. Are you aware that there's also other measures you can take to, except from putting a guard next to someone 24/7, such as providing private shower or toilet facilities, or just punishing the perpetrators of crime rather than victims of crime? Um, well, private shower. Facilities does seem to be solidly confined, um, although it uh, is something that I take for granted every day. Um, but uh, and also, yes, of course, we should punish the perpetrators of crime, but um, that doesn't seem to be happening at the moment. Um, and uh, what this motion seems to be is putting them into a situation where that which won't be an issue because they will be within a community that understands uh, their experiences already. And uh, this is about as far as my interest goes in the motion, so I'm going to go and sit down. Thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, closing for the opposition and closing the debate this evening is Mr. Kerwin von Blanken. And what I'm going to do in my speech is elaborate a bit on the things that Andrew has already said to you. And I'm going to tell you first of all what the situation in these trans prison or trans wings would actually look like. Then I'm going to talk about the public perception of prison violence. And I'm going to talk about the public perception of transgender people in, well, in general and how this affects violence and perpetuates violence in the prison system. But before I do that, I would really like to urge all of you to vote for this debate on behalf of on which side there will in the end be less violence for transgender people, but not only for transgender people. Violence in general in prisons, right? So, first, a very quick point of rebuttal on the side of government. What will the situation in these trans wings actually look like, right? Because we should not assume that violence will immediately go away in this prison, right? We should not assume that suddenly when you put transgender people only together, suddenly these people have a superior moral high ground and would never do anything uh, to each other as non-trans people would do to non-trans people or trans people, right? Still, these are people who have been locked up for years, are sometimes deprived of sex, and have certain urges, and in any population, there will doubtlessly be some people who um, are going to be present predators and who are going to target other people, right? So even in these trans wings, you're not going to completely make those people completely 100% safe. This will become relevant later on. Right. So then to the public perception of prison violence in general. Um, because not only in conventional prisons are you going to um, not completely eradicate violence, or in trans prisons, also in conventional prisons there's still going to be violence, right? Because other groups are already being targeted, as Andrew said, and if predators don't have the access anymore to transgender people, they will simply seek other targets. 
So what is very important in this case is that we look at how society views um, violence in prisons. Because there seems to be this view in society that violence is sort of synonymous with prisons. That it's completely normal that this happens in prisons, right? For example, it's perfectly not okay to make rape jokes, but suddenly when someone is going to prison, you see jokes appearing of, whoops, I dropped the soap, and no one actually bats an eye when that happens because people think, well, rape is just something that happened. Yeah. And actually, Finbar is sort of exemplifies the statement when he says, yes, prisoners are pockets of violence, and violence just happens there. So why is this really bad, right? There's certain views or certain things yes. why I don't do this, right? Uh, in a moment. So there, people might see this because they think, well, the prisoners, they deserve it anyway, or this just is mindset that has ingrained in people's mind because of the way the prison is portrayed for example, in the media. But the bad thing about this is, is that it makes people unaware that we can actually make structural difference in this, right? It gives the idea that in order uh, to do something against violence, we cannot eradicate it, so we should, in Finbar's words, first get people out of harm's way instead of making structural changes to the prison system. Why is this bad? I'm going to argue that actually making, getting people out of harm's way is going to take up a lot of political capital, right? The reason why we're suddenly having this debate about prison violence is because of the LGBT movement calling, for, um, calling out about the rights of homosexuals and the rights of transgender people in prison. Before this happened, no one was really thinking about this, right? Because, and why are we thinking about it now? Because we think it's absolutely bad that people are getting targeted just because of their sex and just because of their, or for example, that they had a sex, sex change. So, we see that currently a lot of people are thinking about this, and a lot of people are willing to invest some sort of African political capital into this. But if you're going to say, um, we should just get people out of harm's way, this is going to have the first couple of effects, right? As I've already proven to you, it won't stop violence, so it will mean that it will take even longer before the structural changes are going to take in place if you first get them out of harm's way and then implement structural changes. Second of all, these transgender prisoners are suddenly not going to be a separate case that are always going to be targeted, right? So a lot of the people's attention that has now been there only because transgender people are being attacked by other people is going to fade away because this will not be a long, an issue any longer. Transgender people won't be attacked by transgender people, non-transgender people will be attacked by non-transgender people, and people will then resort to the sort of thing, yeah, but this happens anyway because we cannot do thing, uh, anything about this because it's just the way prison works uh, in the moment. Um, so, in the end, this is just going to exhaust political capital as well, because people get the idea in their mind that it has already been solved, and if you come to the door again, but they're still going to say, well, no, we have already done something about this, we need to do other things first, thank you very much. Yes? Is political capital not just a term used by weak politicians? I mean, something like Lyndon Johnson would have said, if you're going to vote my way, and in return for which I might remember some of your names. That's, that, that is the only way that reforms that you're saying are required, and it's going to happen. Well, I don't think necessarily that is a, uh, only in that case that it's going to happen, right? Because there's a lot of easy things that you can actually do. I already mentioned something like DOI. Um, uh, Andrew has already said that we should make a start by assigning people to their preferred gender. And in the private side, we've said this doesn't mean complete isolation from other people. Um, and we can just impose stricter controls and actually put harder m measures against the people who perpetrate violence rather than punishing the ones who are, are victims of this, right? So what is very important here is that we're going to take the structural changes because if we're just going to put people away, we're going to lose a lot of political capital, which in the end means that because there's still going to be violence because there's no structural change in transwings, there's also going to be that structural violence still in conventional prisons. So in the end, it's just going to make the violence last longer. Second thing is, or a third argument actually, 
is that a lot of transgender people don't actually want to be transgender just because they think it's the coolest thing ever to be transgender, right? It generally hurts just always people who, think, who are convinced of the feeling that they are a woman trapped inside the body of a man or a man trapped inside the body of a woman, which means that they want to see themselves as either a man or either a woman or whatever preferred gender they have. And they also want to see society the way that they want to see themselves, right? What you're actually doing with these kind of measures is saying as a prison, no, we don't want to imp impose these structural changes. We want to actually offer the easy way out and tell you that you are not really a real man or you're not really a real woman. We create this separate uh, category for uh, you in our prisons and you put you in trance because we're just too lazy to make the structural changes to make you actually safe in the environment that you want to be in and that you want to be seen. And this is a lot of psychological harm for these prisoners as well, right? And moreover, this is a very bad thing because if they say you have the option to go there, a lot of court cases concerning transgender people in prisons, for example, women who see a transgender woman coming into the prison and feel that they're infringing, and because of certain uh, bigotry or because they have certain practices, see them as infringing and want to get them away, right? They're targeted because they are seen as a danger to them uh, and because they simply do not understand that the, that person actually feels like a woman as well. So if you're getting people the option of actually going into a trans wing, they might very well be coerced by other people in the wing that they're originally based in, right? Mm -hmm. If you are a transgender woman in a women's wing, and those women think, well, if we make the situation very, very unsafe for you, you will go away because you will then go to a transgender wing, it's actually far more likely that they will actually um, impose physical harm on you just to create a, a situation where you are going to another place. So for all of these reasons, we are very, very proud to oppose this motion. Thank you. Questions for the proposition opposition and then abstention on the motion. So, um, does anybody have any questions for the proposition this evening to these guys? Yes, that is the evening for that space. Uh, Grim Alexander. Um, uh, for the proposition, uh, can you just clarify for me um, the definition of, of uh, transgender? Is this one person who has completed the sexual reassignment surgery or no. before? Very good. Um, no, so. Um, we believe that the current um, status quo in the requirement of a legal gender reassignment certificate is complete rubbish. Um, your gender is your personal definition of your gender, and this is how these um, things will be assigned. Okay. Thank you. And we have a question for the opposition. Do you guys No? Okay, we'll move on. Um, any sort of extensions on the motion? Any general sort of topics? Anything that you feel like we've missed? Yes. Hey, Rosie. Um, have any of you actually asked the trans person what, what they would be like happiest doing? Great. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. Uh, we'll go proposition and then opposition. No one's on which side, please. Well, um, no, because uh, that would be rather insulting to them. I'd be assuming they will, I'm going to, at some point in the future, commit a crime. <laughs> Yes, opposition. Uh, yeah. Should I stand up? Or? Yes, please. Okay. So, even if you would do that, it would probably not be representative for all transgender people. I think there's a lot of differences of some people actually wanting to go to a transgender wing, or some people actually wanting to stay in uh, either a male or a female facility. So, um, that could be highly personal as well. Okay. Thank you very much. Um, any questions for the proposition? Can you discuss? Yes. 
Start shooting, please. Uh, um, it's for the first proposition. Um, you said it's important to bring in these transgender prisons to stop attacks for minorities such as trans people. Why do you think it's important to focus on trans rather than all of the minorities in prisons who may be subject to uh, attacks or uh, bigoted? Because uh, that is what the notion is. So I think at the moment um, we've become a lot more accepting of homosexual people and way, way more accepting of different races and um, I think currently as the status quo stands, transgender people are a really big kind of minority and don't have this kind of general acceptance in society for some reason. Um, it's less, less recognition for us. Well, that's a good prop. So, then you kind of put me off my point now. Um, oh yeah, largest kind of minority in society that have the least protection and I really think that um, in the creation of um, kind of transgender um, wings that would of course be optional um, um, depending on people's personal preferences it then allows us to kind of tackle the other violence in the system which has been kind of more um, widely um, what am I saying? It's um, of the people that are more widely accepted by society and it allows those problems to be tackled and change um, perceptions and change ideas in order to kind of um, then use that to aid the acceptance of transgender people in business. Okay, thank you very much. Um, yes, briefly. Um, having been accused of having a foreign type mindset, whatever that there is, I find that there is equally, or in fact that is, um, much more optimistic than anything I said. Mm -hmm. To say that gay people and people of different races and other minorities are actually treated better um, than the hyper masculinized or masculinized um, culture that is in prison is wishful thinking. And then also on the point, you the premise is assuming that there's no such thing as a violent transgender prisoner, um, but there definitely is a recent example is to being a person who uh, actually raped a young girl. Um, and it's the same problem that therefore exists in a new way. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, I have questions to the opposition. Yes? Yes? Right. <clears throat> so, you know, the thing about you know, um, the fact that I don't know, I can't remember if it was the proposition or the opposition that said that, you know, trans people, there's no sort of distinction between, like, you know, Male or female, the certificate or whatever that they have is is so you know uncertain that if it were the case that a man were to just say you know because it might be things might be easier in a female person or whatever they say just pretend to be a transgender man like I mean if I was sort of arrested and had to go to jail I would pretend to be so I'd just be in a woman's prison instead of a guy's prison like, I would be a minority but I'd be okay with that you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay okay uh, Quick comment on that. Did you say anything? Sure. Could it be to the proposition? I think I think the proposition was the one that's We'll just take an abstain on the motion. <laughs> <laughs> I can make a comment that that has been 10 minutes before, but that there is a bit of a red herring kind of to distract um, from the more pertinent issues. Um, I don't really think that's realistic risk. Um, the 
the, the assessment protocols that are put in place whenever we are placing prisoners are usually meant to read that type of thing. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. Um, do we have any points of standing on the motion? Sort of general points, anything you think we speak about missed? Do Yes. Um, I think the point that um, people will, will pretend to be one gender or the other to get in um, to a women's prison or to a men's prison will um, subject them to the same experiences as trans people. Um, they already experience in men's prisons, women's prisons, where they're in the wrong prisons, which is uh, widespread sexual and legal violence. Um, so that's very unlikely to happen. In terms of just some clarification, um, gender recognition doesn't come into this. It's prison policy and the Department um, of Justice policy which comes into this could be turned over in a day. Mm -hmm. um, with, it, um, with the, the Ministry of Justice just updating some very basic policy. Yeah. In terms of um, segregation, there isn't a single national trans organization in the whole of the world which supports segregated prisons yeah. because it de facto creates psychiatric units, yeah. it de facto creates solitary confinement where there yeah. isn't a large trans population, mm -hmm. and where there is a large trans population, usually due to harsh sex work and drug um, crime, um, sorry, uh, drug laws, mm -hmm. um, what usually um, develops is inter, uh, intra-prison crime networks mm -hmm. and widespread sexual and physical violence within those ones as well. Okay, well, since the winners want to say that, you see, if the fact that we want to really create transgender prisons is this not making the criminal um, life more attractive for transgender people, I'd say, you know, okay, let me do this crime, it's not going to be that bad, like I'll get to meet other transgender people. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be part of the community. <laughs> <laughs> The fact that prison is a bad place is a deterrent, you know, for not going to prison, you know. Okay, thank you. Um, <laughs> I don't think anybody wants to be in prison. Do you want like, a point of clarification? Yeah. 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 The point of clarification is that the fact is that if it is, that people, some people will, will obviously weigh in the fact that, you know, what am I going to get, what are going to be the outcomes of my, um, my actions, is it that I'm going to go to a place where I'm going to be probably killed or, or you know, tortured or whatever, or the fact that I'm going to, to somewhere where it wouldn't be that bad, you know, let me steal something or let me do... Okay. Yeah, I don't think prisoners are that smart. <laughs> if they were, they wouldn't get caught. Yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you, thank you. And question for the opposition, getting a bit more variety. Keep down. Question the opposition, please. Please do that, gentlemen. Okay, I'm the motion. They seem to be popular. Um, any questions of staining on the trigger motion tonight? Proposition? It's off few hands for proposition. Yes, that's it. Uh, the first speaker very eloquently spoke about the support that a left wing uh, or that a wing 
uh, will provide for transgender people. What kind of support would that actually entail? Because I think we're speaking about security, would that just mean keeping them in there and guarding them? No, no. Um, so what I'm talking about here is um, specialised counselling, specialised help, um, if that's required, um, and only if it's required. It's not something that's going to be forced upon people. Um, and the support that would be offered would be, of course, extra security if that was required, the ability to feel safe in reporting crime within the prison, um, but also the ability to, like, be part of the prison population as well, but just that added extra bit of security. It's, it's not isolationist, it's not trying to separate people, it's just allowed that little bit of extra security and that little bit of extra help. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, we've, we've sort of circled back around again. <laughs> okay, last points. Opposition, any questions to the opposition? Yes, of course. A question is just sort of like, when, where, do, up, right, where, where do you stop when you start separating people in wings? You know, if you're victimizing someone by the sexuality or gender, where do you stop? By race? You know, let's put black people, white people there. You know, let's put Muslims there, let's put Christians there. How, America yeah. does that already. What? No, I know. Like, a lot of places do this, right? But it's like, where do you stop if you're going to start implementing these kind of, of, of segregational laws and like, oh, these people are special when you put them here. And that, it's just, it, it just tends to just escalate to the point where it's ridiculous. Because everyone can be victimized for something, you know? Can I get your name? Oh, Danny. This is a practical solution until a better idea can, uh, is thought of and can be implemented. And a final point abstaining on the motion. Uh, would you mind if I can't, uh, just commented on? Sorry, I didn't yeah. hear you. Yes, Danny, you shut up, yes, thank you. Uh, Danny, you just mentioned about segregation and Good. stuff there. Um, the experience of separating loyalists and Republican prisoners mm -hmm. in uh, Her Majesty's Prison of Yabri um, has, uh, I know about this here, I, I work there with a volunteer with, um, with, with prisoners. Um, the issue has actually grown to this extent that prisoners want to become part of that gang. Mm -hmm. um, they want to enter that part of the, yeah. that part mm -hmm. of the prison and be part of the, the gang mentality, just for clarification. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. Um, that's a very common point. Okay, guys, please. This bell would work every time I rang it. I would bring it out you constantly. Okay, I think uh, on that, um, on James's final point there, did you hear his final point? I was responding to the other one. You were talking, he didn't hear. I think it's in her case. And compare transgender people to members of a gang. Yes, Thank you very much. Thank you for your. No, we can't Thank you very much for uh, interesting debate and questions. As we will now move to a vote. So the first, the first vote is based on your personal opinion. So it's whether you agree with the motion or not, um, or abstain. So, if you believe that this house should implement trans-only prisons, please raise your hand and say aye. Am I the only one? Okay, through. No. And if you disagree with the motion, you believe that we should not implement trans-only prisons, please raise your hand and say nay. 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 Nay.
Oh, right, yeah. Sorry, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Couches. Great. And all those abstaining in the motion? Thank you very much. And uh, I would like you to please take out your shiny membership card. If you haven't yet gotten a membership card, uh, there's a five pounds you can see Robbie afterwards. And just to clarify, your five pound membership lasts for until the end of the year and you get discounted prices to the formal. I believe the discounted price is five pounds. But um, yeah. So uh, lots of membership benefits, please guys. It's working better. Um, yeah, okay, so membership cards, all those who are members, could you please? <laughs> I, I believe, I believe you. Gemma, Gemma is our second year representative. Um, okay, so all of those who... <laughs> Zen, okay. Um, this vote is based on speaker ability. So this is the vote that will be recorded for a minute and we'll draw history as uh, software. So, um, all those who think that the proposition spoke better tonight on the motion of convincing you, please raise your hand and say aye. You can raise your hand if you like. No. Okay, zero. <laughs> and all of those who think that the opposition spoke better tonight, please raise your membership cards and say aye. See you after the bit, guys. <laughs> and all those abstaining in the motion. James. Sorry, sorry, apologies. All those who think the speaker spoke equally good or equally rubbish, please put your membership cards. Four. Okay, that, that's it. I believe that the opposition have won the debate for this evening. I just have a one report that you can send me over the side of it. Is that alright? Yes, of course, yes. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, just because the uh, convener for UCD lost hot kids on nagging me to ask you. Um, basically, the uh, national maidens are on the 11th of March, which is uh, the second week, the weekend of March. Uh, it's a national uh, maidens IV competition, uh, which happens in the UCD level. So. Uh, it's a two-day competition. Everyone else who goes there is a main speaker who's in their first year of debating. Uh, they're relatively inexperienced. It's all very laid back, so there, there won't be anyone who, who stands up and you know gives a, a Nelson Mandela style speech and makes you want you know crawl up into a ball and die. It's all very laid back. There's a really good social at the end of it. It's in the middle of Dublin, so you'll probably end up at the bar at 4 a.m. in the morning, wondering where the, where the hell you are. Right, holding a cold slipper back. So yeah, uh, if you're interested in that, uh, mostly the slipper back part at the end of the getting drunk. Uh, by all means, approach me again on Facebook, and I shall sign you up. Uh, I, I, she talk to me. I'll get you the details of the recipes and stuff like that. Okay, uh, thank you very much. Quickly go over the answers again. So Skills competition is on the 24th and I'll be held in the SCA Facebook us and find out the information. Um, secondly, RIV is next weekend, free membership, free uh, free drinks, free pizza, um, five rounds of debating, fantastic. Um, get judged by this side of Europe class judges. Um, and it'll be, it'll be really good. And we are going to put some motion next week. Oh, sorry. Next week's motion is this house believes Kardashians have moved have, have ruined society as we know it. So uh, if you would like, sorry guys, that was my fault. Apologies. Next week's motion is this house believes the Kardashians have ruined society as we know it. So please see us. Please come and uh, 
watch that motion. And uh, now we're going to go to the house bar to finish off the evening and to